A word of warning. This podcast may contain themes that some listeners might find distressing. Not always, but sometimes. However, this podcast will definitely contain strong language. Therefore, if neither of these things sound appealing, it's probably not the podcast for you then, is it? Hello and welcome. <laughs> Today, I have a bit of a different kind of, kind of episode for you. Uh, but before we get started, I have to potentially disappoint anyone that thinks that this episode is about my experiences of talking to serial killers. It's not. Uh, I think I've only ever spoken to two serial killers in my life, and for the most part, they were fairly benign conversations. And the serial killers who I spoke to were, for the most part, very friendly. So there's that. Um, I'm guessing that most of you who are listening to this will know what the title of uh, where the title of the podcast comes from, but if not, I'll explain that a little bit later. Um, but for now, today's episode is about books. So I love books, and I love talking about books, um, and I think I might like to do a little bit more of that on this podcast, or maybe not. Who knows, I seem to have a lot of ideas that I don't always seem to follow through with, <laughs> but today, instead of talking about the usual serious things that I typically bang on about, I will instead be talking about books. Have I said books enough so far yet? I'm not entirely sure. Um, uh, but more specifically, I'll be talking about uh, a particular author and the books they write, and even more specifically, it's about an author and the books they write, which I would class as not the best books ever written. And if you want to be absolutely precise, it's about an author and the books they write, which are, in my humble opinion, god-awful and should probably never be read. Let me explain. So for those of you who don't know, uh, I would be very surprised if you found this podcast through means other than my Instagram page, but just in case, every now and then I like to make inquiries about what my followers are currently reading. I like to get ideas of what to read for myself, to add to my never-ending to-be-read list, and to share those ideas with the rest of my followers so that they can add books to their own never-ending to-be-read list. I think I'm a bit of a, of a philanthropist in that way. <laughs> but over time, uh, there have been a number of followers who have shared that they have been reading, or would soon to be reading, books by Christopher Berry D. Now, Mr. Berry D likes to write books about serial killers, more specifically, the times that he has spoken to serial killers. Titles in Mr. Berry D's bibliography include such gems as Talking with Serial Killers, there's the podcast title, and Talking with Serial Killers, World's Most Evil, and Talking with Serial Killers, Stalking, and then there's Talking with Psychopaths and Savages, and Talking with Psychopaths and Savages Beyond Evil. Also, uh, Talking with Female serial, kill serial Killers, Dead Men Talking, the world's, most, the world's Worst Serial Killers in Their Own Words. You get the picture. In fairness to Mr. Berry D, not all of his book titles contain the word talk, <laughs> but they are about killers and the promise of uh, some manner of being able to provide insight into the minds of these individuals. Well, that all sounds jolly good, you must be thinking. As a forensic psychologist, that kind of thing must be right up your street. And you're not wrong. Not too long ago, must be about a year or so ago, I bought a copy of Talking with Psychopaths and Savages Beyond Evil, the apparent follow-up to Talking with Psychopaths and Savages. Uh, at the time, I did not know that Beyond Evil was a follow-up, as I had never heard of Mr. Barry D, but was excited to get stuck into a newly discovered true crime author. Uh, I'd never really read uh, much true crime up to this point, and I was reasonably new to reading non-fiction in general. Um, but I think I had read The Dark Sign of the Mind by Kerry Danes, which is excellent, by the way, and I would definitely suggest you read that. Um, and so I thought Beyond Evil would be an interesting read. The fact that it was a sensationalistic title uh, should have been a warning, uh, but as I say, I was pretty new to true crime fiction, uh, non-fiction, so I was uh, none the wiser. And besides, the cover looked creepy as fuck, so I was hooked in by that. Um, and you know what they say about books and covers, right? 
Uh, and so I read Beyond Evil uh, and Jesus Christ, I wish I had not. Um, which, bring, which brings me back round to why you are listening to this particular episode. The book that seems to be most regularly, regularly suggested as a current read by um, my followers on Instagram uh, is the original Talking with Serial Killers published in 2001, uh, which was recently recommended again. So as a means of doing those of you who give a shit a service, I thought I would spend some time going through the reasons why I dislike Mr. Barry D's books, which might then inform your decision to read his books or not. At this point, I would like to point out that while I will be critically analysing Mr. Barry D and his books, this is not intended as a personal attack on the man. I have no idea who he is, and I am fully aware that it takes a lot of work to write a book. I have never written a book, uh, although I have completed a doctoral thesis, which is about as long as one of Mr. Barry D's books, um, which involved a lot of research and multiple edits and rewrites, so I am somewhat familiar with the process and rigours involved in producing a piece of written work. Therefore, I have some appreciation of what it takes to write a book, and at the same time, I have some awareness of what it takes to produce a piece of good-ish writing. So on that basis, this is not a personal attack or a vendetta, and I am certainly not about cancel culture, but rather, it is my intention for this podcast to serve as an in-depth look uh, as to why, in my view, you should not bother with reading uh, any of Mr. with any books written by Mr. Barry D. Uh, just for clarity, I'm not saying that... Uh, don't ever read them uh, but what I am advising you is that maybe you might be able to spend your time more constructively or seek out alternative sources of true crime non-fiction if reading about serial killers is your bag. Additionally I will admit that I have not read the particular book by uh, Christopher Berry D that seems to be continually recommended that is talking with serial killers. As noted earlier I had the I had the misfortune of reading Talking with Psychopaths and Savages Beyond Evil. Uh, therefore, while I can't comment on talking with serial killer talking with serial killers per se, I have had several discussions with others who share similar views about his books, um, and enough discussion for me to be confident that the issues I have noticed while reading Beyond Evil are universally characteristic of his books in general. Uh, in fact, I remember telling a colleague of mine who was finishing off their forensic doctorate at the time how bad the book was and I offered it to them to read. Again, see how much of a philanthropist I am. Uh, and they were so infuriated with the book that they were unable to finish it. Um, they wanted to give it back to me and I told them that I would rather they burn the book than it ever be in my possession again. Um, and I think it was eventually donated to a charity shop or binned, which in my view is equally as fitting. Also, I don't remember Beyond Evil all that well. Uh, I can remember I can remember the impression it made, but I can't remember all the detail. But like a bad pull on a night out, um, a decision you made at the time based on all the information available. In this instance, a morbid interest in people who kill other people, a freaky cover and a sensationalistic title, and the promise of learning something about what makes serial killers tick, only to be disappointed at the outcome and for it to be an instance of your life that you'd sooner rather forget than hold on to any concrete memory of. As such, you know it was something that happened that you're not best pleased about, but the specifics are a bit fuzzy. Having said that, here's what I didn't like. What qualifies Mr. Barry D to do what he does? Firstly, I'm not clear on what Mr. Barry D's qualifications are. In all fairness, I'm not entirely sure what qualifications one needs in order to write a book about those who have committed murder. But aside from a keen interest in a particular topic, I would imagine that a career in journalism or some profession that is associated with the criminal justice system would be desirable, or at the very least, some experience in writing non-fiction books. And I'm not too sure that Mr. Barry D has any of these. Okay, I lie. He has experience in writing non-fiction books, but not very well. This aspect of the quality of his books will be explored a little bit later. 
Coming back to his qualifications, in an admittedly very brief internet search of Mr. Barry D, the only things that came up uh, that give him some kind, that give some kind of indication of what his credentials are is the claim that he is an investigative investigative criminologist. Uh, now, I'm not sure if that's a thing. It might be, but I've certainly not heard of one, uh, and I don't and I don't claim to know every job role in the whole world that does or does not exist. Um, but I have heard of a criminologist, and I have heard of an investigative journalist, but not the combination of the two. But okay, yes, you are right. There is the there is the very outside possibility that an investigative criminologist could exist. But if this is indeed what Mr. Barry D is, he's not very transparent about where he qualified to get this interesting, that is, probably self-dubbed title. What he seems to be more interested in is letting his fans know on his website that he used to be a Green Beret commando in the Royal Marines, and that he is, and here I, and here I quote directly, a direct descendant of Dr. John D, court astrologer to Queen Elizabeth I, and that he is, another direct quote from the website, entitled to use his ancestor's coat of arms. Okay, was anyone saying he couldn't? Additionally, in the biography section of his website, he highlights that at the age of 49, he's now 74, he became the owner and editor-in-chief of The Criminologist, more quotes, uh, the world's oldest and most respected journal on matters concerning law enforcement, penology, forensic psychiatry and psychology, penal reform, the judiciary, and all matters under the criminal mo criminology masthead. So quite a lot. Alongside this, he was appointed the director of the Criminology Research Institute. Just to note, there are quotation marks around the name of this institute on his website. Now again, I'm not saying that you need to have specific qualifications in order to have an interest in a particular topic, nor that you have to have a specific degree or qualification to write about that particular topic either. But if you are going to claim that you are a criminologist, which to be fair, I'm not sure if it's a protected title or not, but I would hazard that if you are going to call yourself one, then perhaps you might need some kind of evidence that backs this title up, even at, a, even at an undergrad level. Having said that, maybe it is the ownership and editorial position held within the Criminologist Journal and being director of the Criminologist, Criminologist Research Institute that affords Mr. Barry D the privilege of holding the title uh, of investigative criminologist. Let's take a closer look at these two titles, though, shall we? From what I can find on the old Google search engine, after another admittedly very basic and not, not at all involved search, doesn't quite align with what Mr. Barry D states in his biography. Firstly, the only easily findable and therefore one could argue most likely the actual world's most respected journal, called The Criminologist, is an American journal from the American Society of Criminology, of which the managing editor is Kelly Vance. Next on the list, in terms of Google hits, and to be fair, I actually thought I was onto something here, is a magazine called The Criminologist. However, on the Wikipedia page for the magazine, it is noted that the magazine went out of publication in 1998. Mr. Barry D was 50 at this point, which means that if, the, that if this is the magazine, which he calls a journal, he claims to have been the owner, of, the owner and editor-in-chief of at the age of 49, it went out of publication one year after he took ownership of it. However, seeing as his name does not appear at all in the two-paragraph write-up for the criminologist on Wikipedia, I'm going to assume that this is not the journal in question, because it is, after all, a magazine and not a journal. As for the Criminology Research Institute, another very basic internet search reveals that in the UK, there are only a handful of criminology institutes that have the word criminology or research or institute in the title. The first Google hit is for the Institute of Criminology at the University of Cambridge and Mr. Barry D does not appear on the current academic or research staff list on the Institute's website. 
The second hit is for the Institute of Research in Criminology, Community, Education and Social Justice for De Montfort University in Leicester. Again, a quick look at the academic staff listed uh, for De Mont Uni doesn't, doesn't list Mr. Barry D. Are we starting to notice a pattern here by any chance? For someone who appears to claim an authority of knowledge and experience in a particular field, Mr. Barry D's qualifications and so claim positions of expertise within that field do not necessarily square up or even exist, if we're being honest. Again, all of this is based on very brief and cursory internet research, uh, internet searches. I would happily be proven wrong if anyone else has, uh, is, if anyone else is able to verify any of the organisations and position that Mr. Barry D claims to hold. Mr. Barry D's books have a self-published feel. Moving on to the next issue I have with Mr. Barry D's books, and this relates to the fact that at the time of reading Beyond Evil, I got the sense that it was a self-published book. Now, before you come at me about self-published books and how they are perfectly good and how there are perfectly good books out there that have been self-published, I know there are. I'm not taking a swing at self-publishing itself, uh, but what I am what I am taking issue with is badly self-published books, which is exactly what I thought Mr. Barry D's books are. Um, at the time of reading Beyond Evil, I had no proof of its self-publicationness other than the really, really, uh, and and really, really bad, um, and that's being kind. Some people might say atrocious writing. Uh, we'll come back to that. Um, but having looked into it further, on his website, Mr. Barry D notes that he is the writer of some 36 separate book titles listed with Public Lending Rights, PLR, published by W.H. Allen, Virgin Books, and longtime loyal friend and publisher John Blake, London, now also Blake Bonnier. Again, some pretty basic internet research uh, reveals that the publishers listed uh, exist and are legit. However, this is where things break down again and appears that Mr. Barry D is trying to paint a picture perhaps more grand than the one that actually exists. The public lending right that Mr. Berry speaks of is an agreement that forms part of being part of the British Library, which, if you search his name in the British Library catalogue, his books do appear, which is great. But all the public lending rights relates to is the fact that authors receive payment from a central fund as remuneration for their books being available in the library. That is, they get some cash for their books being loaned out to people for free, which is fair enough. But what I'm not quite sure about is what telling us that he is listed with a public lending right is meant to prove, other than maybe it sounds fancy, maybe? Furthermore, although he noted that he has been published with W.H. Allen and Virgin Books, uh, which both appear to be subsidiaries of Penguin Books, he is no longer listed on the Penguin Books websites. Now, from, from this, I can't know if he was ever published by W.H. Allen or Virgin Books, but if he's no longer published by them, isn't it a bit of false advertising to say that he is? Um, I don't know, just seems a bit iffy to put that in your bio if that's not the current case. And if it was the case in the past, is it then more appropriate to highlight that you were formally published by a p particular publishing company? I don't know. Um, again, it seems to be geared towards portraying a bit of a facade. Um, anyway, moving on. So John Blake Publishing also appears to be a legit publishing company and appears to be an imprint of Bonnier UK Publishing. I had to look up what an imprint was and apparently an imprint is like a subsidiary company of a big, bigger publishing company. So the same way that WH Allen and Virgin Books are imprints of Penguin Books. Um, imprint publishing... Imprint publishing companies allow parent publishing companies to focus on specific genres and or demographics populations. Um, and in looking up John Blake Publishing, I've said publishing so many times in this paragraph, fucking hell. Uh, but in looking up John Blake Publishing, there is an actual copy of Talking With Serial Killers on the publisher's page. So it seems that Mr. Barry D's books are in fact self-published. 
Oh my god, I'm going to need a drink of water after this many times of saying published. What that doesn't explain then is why his books are so badly written. <laughs> I know that sounds harsh, but I mean, bear with me here. Um, as noted before, I've not read all the books, but when I say that the books are badly written, I mean that the book that I read, Beyond Evil, made Fifty Shades of Grey seem like a literary classic. Um, the structure was very formulaic uh, in that each person that Mr. Berry D supposedly interviewed was written about as if they were as if it was their individual Wikipedia page entry. Um, which, if that's what you're into, then that's fine. But then you could just read the Wikipedia page of the supposedly interviewed serial killers' lives instead of a book about them. Um, from what I can remember, Mr. Barry D makes a big deal about having access to those he writes about, in that he has somehow managed to get the subjects in his books to speak to him and give him unparalleled access to the and the opportunity to hear never-before-heard facts and insights into the murders and the murderers' lives. Um, from the perpetrators themselves. However, this is not, you know, always the case. Um, in Beyond Evil, I think he wrote about one prisoner that he interviewed, and the rest of the book was just about murders and murderers written from like a fact-based fact research perspective, almost as if Mr. Barry D had just looked up the Wikipedia pages. Um, Mr. Barry D did not, for the rest of the book, seem to speak to anyone else. Um, but even the one person that he did interview felt a bit off in some way. I can't quite put my finger on it, um, but I got the sense that he didn't actually speak to the person. I don't know why. Um, I would need to read the book, but there's not a fucking chance that I'm ever going to do that again. But I didn't. But there was something off about the tone um, of Mr. Barry D's supposed interactions that left me questioning the authenticity of what had been being of, of what he'd written about. Um, but we'll get to the tone in a bit uh, in, in a second. The other thing that is uh, very surprising, seeing as seeing as Mr. Barry D's books are in fact published, is the number of is the number of spelling and grammatical errors that are peppered throughout the book. Um, badly constructed sentences, incorrectly spelled words, odd usage of punctuation. Uh, I think I remember the intermittent use of double full stops at the end of sentences. Um, the reason that this is surprising is because I would assume that the publishing company would edit Mr. Barry D's work. Um, I'm not familiar with the intricacies of how publishing works, but I would have, but I would just naturally assume that if you know somebody ran a publishing company, they would have editors to check things like spelling, grammar, and punctuation use. Uh, my understanding, what very little I have of it, is that this comes right at the end, and that um, that it comes right at the end of you know just before publication, all that kind of stuff is sorted out, and that the structure and narrative uh, of a book is focused on first. Um, but it seems like uh, focus on the final touches were admitted, and the end result is um, the end result of his books are just shy of a final draft. By no means am I, you know, trying to say that Mr. Barry D didn't have anyone read through his work or edit it, um, but it just seems like that it was maybe not done enough. Um, I've picked up on the occasional printing and editorial mishaps in books before. You know, it's not uncommon. Sometimes you see spelling mis spelling mistakes in books and stuff. Um, but the number and frequency of the overall writing makes beyond uh, mistakes and beyond evil seemed um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess way outside what you might consider normal for human slash editorial error. Um, but anyway, it just added to the overall you know disillusionment of the book and that kind of self published feel. Um, and I guess it really made me feel like I had wasted the five quid that I had spent on the book in Tesco, which was annoying. The tone. In all fairness, everything I've just spoken about doesn't make much of a difference in the grand scheme of things. Mr. Barry D has written a number of books about an area of interest that a lot of people have, and he is well within his right to do so. 
Technically, he doesn't need any qualifications to do this, and so what if his claims of authority don't seem to match up with anything that exists on the internet? Who gives a shit that his books aren't necessarily the most cleanly finished articles publication-wise, right? Just so long as he can give us a balanced, objective view of what we want to read about. Right. Well, maybe this is where my biggest issue with Mr. Barry D comes in. Obviously, we all have biases, and we all have agendas. I have my own internal biases that guide my decision-making, things that I choose to speak about, things that I choose to post on Instagram, on my Instagram page, or don't in some cases. And I guess the same thing applies when writing a book. The only thing is, as I, I try as best I can to check my own biases and think about my agendas. Based on this singular book that I've read by Mr. Barry D, I think that he has three very strong agendas, and I do wonder about them. Firstly, I think he wants us to think he's hard. <laughs> I'll explain this in a bit. Secondly, he wants us to think that he is either anointed or blessed or in some way savvy enough to be the only person who can get into the minds of these dangerous individuals. And thirdly, I think he dislikes serial killers very, very much, despite spending what feels like a very long period of his life writing about them. The reason I think he wants us to think that he's hard is because in the book, I feel like he spends quite a lot of time telling the reader, that would be me, about how much he has held his own in the one and only interview with a serial killer in the book. Serial killer and psychopath, I should uh, add. Remember, remember, the book that I read was about psychopaths and savages. <laughs> and then, if I remember correctly, he kind of says the same thing about the other interviews that he's conducted. Oh, as a side note, he also references his books he also references his other books in this book a lot. Uh, at the time, it felt like he was trying to advertise his other books within the book that I was reading. It felt so weird. Uh, but anyway, uh, he seemed to be giving the sense that the only way he could speak to the, uh, his interviewee was by not being intimidated. And he gave this impression in the book by giving it the textual version of The Big I Am. Uh, I think I remember him writing that he was like in a staring competition with or something with one of the with, with the interviewee in Beyond Evil. Um, it felt like a very sort of alpha male ego driven rhetoric, which was, I don't know, not quite sure what the point of that was. It is very possible that Mr. Barry D is hard as nails. He was, after all, a Green Beret. Um, but the whole kind of like melodrama felt a little bit forced. It was like it was being done for dramatic effect or something. Almost as if he was saying, this shit is so fucking bonkers, it is not for the faint of heart, and I'm the only one who can do this. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it almost felt like he wanted the reader to be grateful for putting himself at risk. And he seems to give the impression that it is because of this sort of hard of nails, take no shit demeanor, that he has been able to gain access to the people he interviews, that no one else could do it. I don't know, overall, it was a very weird vibe for the book. And finally, I got a distinct lack of empathy for the people that Mr. Barry D was writing about, and this includes both the serial killers and their victims. Now, whether or not you think that someone who has killed a number of people deserves empathy is not my concern at this, at this present moment, and it's not something I'm, I'm going to try and convince you of at this stage. That is a very complex position to take, and I might discuss it one day. But I suppose in relation to this book, perhaps I didn't necessarily expect an overwhelming degree of empathy for those who had committed the murders, but I did kind of expect some form of object objectivity. Now, I'm not very knowledgeable about the field of criminology, but my, I guess, very basic understanding uh, is that part of the field entails trying to understand why offenders committed their offences. And as part of his role as an investigative criminologist, one might expect a degree of objective curiosity and perhaps critical investigation on the part of Mr. Barry D into the reasons as to why the serial killers under interview did what they did. It is possible that the book contains some of that, but it doesn't stand out uh, from memory, which for me highlights that this particular aspect of the book, which, by the way, is meant to be the, the whole selling point of the overall series of books, 
um, was maybe not missing, but perhaps distinctly lacking. But what you do get instead is a seemingly unrelenting barrage of disparagement uh, of those who had committed the killings. I can't remember all the words that were used in the book, but within the text there was a frequent reference uh, to the people who had committed the multiple murders as monsters and other terms of that ilk. It felt very sensationalistic, demeaning, and it is and it kind of basically reads as a purposeful way for Mr. Barry D to express his contempt for the subjects that he wrote about, which is weird. Um, the reason it's weird is because, well, I guess he's obviously spent his his career writing about these people, but um, I guess I'm not saying that he had to like the interview subjects, but it gave the impression that Mr. Barry D um, sort of held himself or holds himself in a much higher moral standard and positioned himself as, as an authority uh, in everything. This was, uh, and I guess it's this seemingly sort of grandiose hubris um, that led me to question Mr. Mr. Barry D's qualifications in writing this book. He writes with such authority and confidence, um, which I guess is kind of hard not to notice because it's kind of it's amplified by, by the seemingly lack um, of any major journalistic integrity. And alongside this, Mr. Barry D did not seem to have much empathy for his victims. Which, he, which were included in the books, uh, or the book, sorry, that I read. I can't quite remember the details on this part, I must admit, but it sort of, you know, I have memories of him, sort of, I think, potentially victim-blaming or being sort of very judgmental of the victims in his recounting of the details of their deaths. Um, I certainly don't remember there being any kind of... Uh, I don't certainly don't remember the, the victims being written, out, written about with any kind of compassion. All of this being said... His books are available in Waterstones and Tesco's, and I guess, you know, I'm sure they're in other places that, that books are sold. So he does seem quite popular, uh, or at the very least, he's managed to market himself uh, very well. And he seems to have tapped into a market for which there is a demand, which I can understand. I myself got to where I am uh, within the job that I am in due to a similar morbid fascination and interest in people who do really horrible things. I guess my issue is that the books that Mr. D Berry D writes which I know, again, uh, is, based on, is based mostly on the singular book of his that I've read. His books don't feel very, and I'm, you know, I've tried to think of a very constructive way of saying this, his books don't feel very nice. Um, I know that's a weird phrase to use, but the, book, but the book I read didn't make me feel very comfortable. Not that you need to feel comfortable reading about horrible things, but I guess the tone and the attitude, I guess, of Mr. Barry D left me feeling um, yeah, really uncomfortable and just, I don't know, there was something really off about it. Perhaps I'm too biased, uh, given the work that I do and the professional requirement, and I guess personal value I have, of unconditional positive regard for my fellow human beings um, that might have impacted in the way in which I read Mr. Barry D's book. Um, I'm also aware of the contradiction that exists uh, in this, uh, about the comment that I made about Mr. Barry D supposedly, supposedly holding a, a, a higher moral superiority um, over those he wrote about, and the fact that I apparently seem to hold uh, a moral superiority about being able to think about or offer people uh, unconditional positive regard um, so it's very possible that I I now come across as a bit of a um, hypocritical dick um, but I guess what I'm just trying to do is I guess I'm just trying to highlight why the book left me uh, left an unpleasant mark on me anyway as I said at the start of all this I'm not telling you to not read any of his books I'm not your parent uh, you're free agents able to make your own decisions and do whatever the fuck you want um, but perhaps this might shape your views of his books if you read them if you read any of them. Actually, if you do end up reading any of them, please let me know your thoughts. Let me know if I'm completely off the mark. Also, if you like trashy, sensationalistic books, then, you know, this might be right up your street. Um, 
I mean, they are still non-fictional books, and from what I can tell, you will learn something about the basic series, series of events that occurred for all the murders that he writes about. I'm just not sure that you'll gain any sort of um, insightful uh, thoughts or uh, pieces of new information that I think, you know, Mr. Barry D kind of sells uh, as part of his book series. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Um, at the same time, if you have listened to this and I've put you off reading his books, <laughs> But you already have one of one of his books on your bookshelf, uh, and you now consider it a waste of money. I'm also really sorry about that. Um, but yeah, that's it for me from this episode. Uh, I guess the usual spiel still applies. If you like listening to this or any of my previous episodes, please rate, subscribe, or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and please tell your friends and family about me. I'd be ever so grateful. Uh, as always, have a great day or not, whatever. No pressure. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>